huge thank you to our choir for that brilliant rendition of our Can It Be? Thank you very much. Let us pray. Lord, may your word inspire us to respond to your call today and in the days to come. For we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, today is the Nigerian Independence Celebration for us here at Methodist Central Hall, Westminster. There's one thing I love about Nigeria. I love their proverbs. I love the Nigerian proverbs. There's one I, come, I came across the other day. It says, a man does not wander far from where his corn is roasting. <laughs> and I wonder why. <laughs> I wouldn't even wander far from where my corn is roasting. And so that's a brilliant proverb from, from Nigeria. And these are wise words that we can ponder over as we celebrate with our Nigerian friends and wish them happy 62 years of independence and freedom, and we pray that God continue to help the country to grow. A man does not wander far from where his corn is roasting. This is surely not true for one of the characters in the reading of our gospel passage. Jesus mentioned a sheep in that reading that we was read to us in the gospel. And this is absolutely not true for the sheep because one of the main characteristics of a sheep is that they know how to wander away. And Jesus talked about this in that story of a wandering sheep. In his book, a man called John Hargreaves wrote a book that he titled A Guide to the Parable. He told the story of a nine-year-old boy who became separated from his father as they were leaving a crowded football ground on the Pacific Island. In a frightened voice, this little boy asked one man in the crowd, he said to him, please take me to the ticket office. When asked if he was lost, the little boy said, yes, I am lost, but... But I know my father will be searching for me, and he knows exactly where to find me. The little boy knew his father very well. He knew his father will be searching for him. He knew his father will never call off the search. Please, he said, take me to the ticket office. He asked this total stranger. I remember back in 2010, 2010, when a massive earthquake shook the Republic of Haiti. The world's finest search parties were there with all their resources to rescue people. Finest search and rescue teams were all there with their gears digging up people out of the tunnels and underneath rubbles. And after a week of their searching, it was announced on the television that the search for survivors was over. The search for the missing was over. There was no hope for any more survivors. But, again, another but, a day later, they found 15-day-old baby Elizabeth underneath the rubbles, alive, shielded by the very stone that were supposed to kill her. No matter how far we have been gone, God never gives up on us. 
No matter how far or how long we have been gone, he never calls off the search for the missing or the search for those who are lost. God never gives up on us. But again, the Pharisees in our gospel passage this morning, who were the religious authorities in the days of Jesus, they struggled to wrap their heads around the fact that no matter how messy or how broken we are, God never writes us off. As far as they were concerned, the tax collectors, the sinners who were drawing closer to come and listen to Jesus, they were a write-off. In their eyes and in their theology, God should have nothing to do with those kind of people. So when Jesus claimed to be the Messiah and they found him keeping company with these messy people, they took offense, they muttered, and they complained. And to make matters worse, Jesus was found. Jesus was seen eating with these people, eating with them. That would have made them sick to their stomach. But this was not that usual eating of table manner that we know today where we sit, we eat with knife and fork and spoon, with napkin, with all the etiquette. No, this was one table, one loaf of bread for everyone. They would have in turn wedged their fingers into that bread, rip a piece out of it, dip it into a sauce, and eat it. Not very hygienic for our modern mindset, but that was the practice then. And Jesus got down to doing that with sinners and tax collectors who were hated because they were collecting tax for a foreign government. They were collecting taxes for Rome, and they were profiteering from those taxes as well. So seeing this, the Pharisees, they mumbled and they made silly comments. They may have even given Jesus that dirty look, that look of shame. And it was at this point in the context of that reading that was read for us that Jesus told two, two parables to teach the Pharisees, to teach the tax collectors, the sinners, the saints, and all of us who are gathered in this church today for worship, a very important and valuable lesson on the unconditional, loving, caring nature of our God, but also on the principles of the kingdom of God towards those who have missed their way, those who have strayed away from God, those who have gone off track a little bit, people we refer to as the lost. These two stories are stories of hope, hope for you and I. In verse 4 of Luke chapter 15, he said, Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? You see, for this shepherd, it will be an ongoing search. Jesus said, until he finds it. That's what stood out for me as I was preparing this sermon. Until he finds it. This means that the search for the lost is still on. And that search will be on until we are found. So there is hope for us, the lost people of this world. The Pharisees muttered about the kind of people that Jesus was trying to bring into the kingdom. But this morning I wonder in this church... I wonder how many times our own dissatisfied muttering, our own dissatisfied complaining in the church has driven people out of the church community into the wilderness of lostness. But for this good shepherd, he leaves the 99 in the open field in the care of other shepherds who would watch them. 
as often this was the case in the communal sheepfold in Palestine. He puts on his sandals. He picks up his shepherd crock to go in search of that one. This is how precious you are. This is how precious I am to God. God never wastes any time. He lavishes his grace and resources on, our, on the mission to rescue us. The shepherd is quick to get out there. He doesn't wait, say, oh, let's give him another day. Let's give that sheep another week. Maybe it will come. Let's give it some time. No, he doesn't wait. He goes out in search for the lost immediately because a lost sheep is isolated. A lost sheep is frightened. A lost sheep is exposed to danger. On their own, without the shepherd and without the flock, a lost sheep is easy prey for the predators. A frightened cry for help will attract danger. By nature, lost sheep has little or no chance of saving themselves. So the question I want to ask us this morning in this service is who are the lost people of our days? In one sense, brothers and sisters, we are all lost. We are all lost and that is why we come here every Sunday. And when we come here, we say to God, forgive us our trespasses. As we forgive those who trespass against us, we come here every Sunday and we say, Lord, have mercy upon us. Lord, forgive us so that we can be found again and again. Isaiah tells us in the book of Isaiah chapter 53 verse 6 that we are all like sheep and we have strayed away from God and by nature we too, we have got no way of saving ourselves. So God the good shepherd sent his son Jesus Christ to rescue us by dying for us on the cross of Calvary. And on the third day he rose again from the grave. He ascended into heaven and now he has come again in the passing of the Holy Spirit to guide us in the wilderness of life. But you see sometimes it's easy for us to look at the lost as the people who are outside of the church. But that's not true. Because while we're in this community of believers, we too can suffer loss. Loss can come in the form of a loss of a job. Loss can come in the form of a loss of a business. A loss of your own status. A loss of your livelihood. Loss can come in the form of a divorce. Loss also can come by losing a loved one through death. Something we are struggling to come to terms with here in our own church at Methodist Central Hall, Westminster. But you see, in all these losses, we need to be sensitive people. Sensitive people who will seek out each other and bring the quiet joy of companionship to one another. Bring the quiet joy of Christian comfort to one another. Bring the quiet joy of Christian friendship to one another. And I pray that God will grant us the grace to do that tomorrow for one another as we come face to face to that difficult time of laying our sister Christina to rest in the bosom of Father Abraham and in the kingdom of God. May God give us that strength to offer that Christian comfort, friendship, and grace to one another. But you see, in God's topsy-turvy kingdom, in this kingdom where things don't look balanced all the time, it's a kingdom where I think they can only preach in one of us same way, refer to it, she referred to it as a topsy-turvy kingdom, upside down at times. In that kingdom, 
the one, is as important as the 99. And so you are special to God. In that kingdom, the first can be the last. The last will be the first. And in that kingdom as well, the one who refers to the greatest is the one who is like the child. And so no matter what your condition is in this service, no matter what you are going through, I want you to see yourself this morning that you are special to God. And that is why when Jesus gave that parable, it was to emphasize that each and every one of us, we are unique and we are special to God. And for you, Jesus will live the 99. Come and look for you where you are and to rescue you. Others may write you off, but in God's kingdom, as messy and as broken as we are in sin, we are precious to God. And that is why Jesus, the good shepherd, left his kingdom to come and rescue us. So don't give up. There is hope. Because in the Old Testament reading, as we read there earlier in Psalm 23, it assures us that he is our Jehovah Rohar. God himself is our shepherd. That reading also assures us that he is our Jehovah Jireh. He is our provider, and so we lack nothing, the psalmist says. He is our Jehovah Shalom, which means he is our peace. He makes us lie down in green pastures in peace because he is our peace. But also in Psalm 23, it refers to him as our Jehovah Rapha, the one who heals our soul, who restores our soul. And he is looking out for us. And you know what? He will look out for us until he finds us. And as the people sat quietly to listen to Jesus, as he preached about this lost sheep, Jesus decided to switch the conversation to keep the gender balance because I know we are very sensitive about gender balance. And so to keep the gender balance, Jesus told another story. It was a beautiful story. A story of a woman who lost a silver coin. Again, the commentator John Havris, in his opinion, he is thinking that this woman may have been married or engaged. And this silver coin would have been part of a chain that symbolizes that she was engaged or she was married. To put it in today's context... It's like losing the diamond on your engagement ring. Losing the diamond on your wedding ring. Jesus said she went out to search for that diamond. Which one of you will not go out to search for it? We would. Because nobody wants to show off a broken wedding ring. When we are newly engaged and newly married, I watch the young ladies in the church. When they speak, they tend to raise their hands up a lot more. You know, raise you up a lot more. Yes, because they are proud of their union. They are proud of that engagement. They are proud of that union. And they are grateful to God for what God has done for them. So that is why when you see newly engaged ladies or boys or wherever they are, when they speak, the fingers like that. Hello, Lansford. How are you? I nearly say, I got it. I got you. I get what you're saying. But nobody wants to show off a broken engagement ring. And you see, in those days, the ring, and even now, the ring is an outward symbol of their union. And so to lose a diamond on a precious gift would have been painful. It can be replaced, you know, but it wouldn't be the same as the one given out of the heart of loving and a caring wife or husband. 
So she went in search of that lost coin. Knowing that to search in the dark, she will stumble and she will fall, she lit a lamp. She lit a lamp so that she would see where she was going. Jesus is the light. He is the light of this world. The psalmist says in Psalm 27 verse 1, The Lord is, the li is my light and my salvation. So without him, we too, we will stumble and fall in the darkness of this world if our lights are off. We will stumble and fall into the pit and snares of temptation that the enemy has laid out for us. So brothers and sisters, this morning, let us switch on. Switch on the light of Jesus in our circumstances. Switch on the light of Jesus in our situation by going down on our knees and praying to the one who says he is the light, who is our good shepherd, who is watching out for us, who is seeking us. Whatever you are going through, no matter how difficult it is, let us learn to switch, out, switch on the light as this lady did as she searched for that golden, beautiful diamond. Let us switch the light of Jesus. And you see with the light on, she had a light bulb moment. She thought to herself, I think I'll need a broom. She knew that there were some corners in a furnished house that a hand could not reach. She might not be able to reach out in those little corners in the house. And so she decided to get a broom. I was on holiday a few uh, weeks back for my summer holiday, and I came back from my holiday, and I found this in my office. I found this in my office. Somebody has given me a gift. And how timely it is that the first sermon I'm preaching after my holiday, broom is mentioned. This is a broom. It's so nice that I'm scared to sweep with it because I want to keep it nice and clean. But that's what she took. She took the broom because she realized that there are some corners in the house that a hand may not be able to reach. And so this morning, I want also all of us to know that the crook that Jesus mentioned, the shepherd crook, this one is plastic, it's not wood, so don't be scared. You see, the crook is usually very long, and you can actually extend it. This one, I can extend it. It can go long. I've got another piece there. The crook, the broom. They are all symbols of God's amazing grace. God's grace is long enough to reach us. God's grace is strong enough to fish us out of those uh, corners uh, of trials and temptation that we find ourselves that we cannot save ourselves. Just like that little sheep, uh, that little lamb that the shepherd will be looking for, the shepherd must take the shepherd crook because uh, there are some points uh, where the shepherd himself might not reach, uh, but the shepherd crook will reach. God's grace will reach us wherever we are. And the same for the woman. She realized that there are some corners in her house that her hand may not be able to reach. But she realized the broom will get there. The broom will get there and the broom will sweep out that item into the surface where it can be found. And so, like the shepherd crook, God's grace is long enough, is strong enough to reach us and to fish us out of the depth on the pain of trials and tribulation. And like the broom as well, God's grace can reach the tightest corners of our wilderness of life to sweep us out onto the surface where we can be found. 
And so in situations where we cannot save ourselves, God can. In situations where our money cannot help, God can. What our physicians cannot do, brothers and sisters, let us leave this place with a strong faith that God can. Someone once said, what God cannot do, oh, I didn't hear that, what God cannot do, and that simply means that with God, all things, you are all very amazing. If you take nothing from this sermon, take that. That what God cannot do does not exist. So let's go to this morning with these words, this afternoon. What are you trusting God for? What are you dealing with that you think will never get better? Trust in God. Because with God, all things are possible. This is the hope that we have. It is the hope that no matter how dusty we are under the rubbles of life, no matter how messy we are, no matter how fragile we are, no matter how broken we are, no matter how fragile we are, no matter how lost we are, like the boy I started with in this message, when he finds us, like the shepherd in Luke chapter 15, he will pick us up from our misery. He will pick us up from our grief. And you know what he will do? He will put us on his shoulders. I might be too heavy for him. But Jesus can handle me. Jesus can handle all of us. He will pick us up and put us on his shoulders. And he will pick us out of our sorrows and our pains as well. And the good news about our rescue will trigger rejoicing, not just in the community, but the Bible says, among angels in heaven. So this morning I pray, this afternoon I pray. I pray that we are found before it is too late. The good news is that the search for those of us who are stumbling in the dark, those of us who our lives are not really yet put together fully, those of us who are still struggling with bits and bobs of our lives, those of us who are stumbling in the darkness of life, the search is still on. And that search will go on until we can say, I once was lost, but now, I am found. It will go on until we are reunited with God in his heavenly kingdom. Amen. We'll watch a short video now that talks about God's amazing grace and God's amazing love. Let's watch it. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound. That saved. An alcoholic. Failure. Agnostic. Partier. Liar. Drug addict. A wretch. Like me. I once was broken. Resentful. Helpless. Depressed. Out of control. Abandoned. Selfish. Self-destructive. Angry. Confused. Just lost. But now, I'm sober, happy, peaceful, grateful, free, alive, forgiven, I'm found. I was blind to God, to faith, to love. Pero ahora, yo veo. I see that I matter. 
I see past my problems. I see my savior. I see grace. Amazing grace. Twas grace that taught my heart to fear. that we stand to give God all the glory as we sing to God be the glory for all the great, wonderful, and amazing things he has done for all of us.